Good evening and praise the Lord, everybody. We are so glad to be joining you this evening. Uh, God is just faithful. He has been so good and so kind to us. He has blessed us. We are at the middle of a week, and I pray, I truly pray that your week is off to a very good start. Uh, and if it isn't, there's always hope. It just depends on what you're expecting. Tonight, before we even get started, before we even get started, I want to say good evening to everyone, but I have to pause and just pay homage and respect to the best pastors on this side of heaven. He has given us jewels, pastors after his own heart. And I can clearly say, and I would not be the person that I am were it not for these two people and the impact and the role that they have played in my life. I am truly grateful. I am truly honored just to have them in my life, to call them my spiritual parents. Let's pause for a moment as we pray, and then we're going to get into our lesson. But tonight, we're going to be talking about our subject or topic for tonight of discussion is great expectations. And we end that with a question, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Let's bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your power, your provision, and your presence, and how you have been so good. You continue to show yourself mighty in our lives, even in the midst of everything that's going on. God, you abide faithful, and it's because of you. It's because you're God and you change not that we are not consumed. We thank you for the new mercy and the new grace that we find each and every day. And we are brought to face the challenges that we face each and every day. But God, there's always hope. There's always your grace that meets us, your love that greets us early in the morning. And we are not taking it for granted, but we are so grateful and thankful because of all and what you're doing, our expectation of what you're going to do. And God, we thank you for everything that we have come through and come to at this very moment. So God, we give you all praise. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. God, speak through us. Use us for your glory and for your praise to encourage the listeners tonight that we may come away from this knowing that you're going to take very good care of us. We have great expectations because it is you that brings things to pass. So Father, bless the remainder as we get into your word this evening. Give unto us the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in the revelation of you in the name of Jesus. We give you all praise, all glory, and all honor belong to you and to you only. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray and for his namesake, amen and amen. Let's get into the word this evening. And we're going to start with our text in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And we're going to look at this in the message translation, in the message translation. And it reads, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. 
because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Amen. So in looking at our text this evening, before we get started, uh, let me ask you this. How many people deliberately and intentionally set expectations for your day? Let's, let's think about that for a moment. Or, or do you base your expectations upon how things are going on around you? Do you intentionally and deliberately set expectations for your day? Or do you just base it, you go with the flow, However things are going on around me, that's what I'm going to roll with. Because it looks like our current circumstances, people, it may take a little longer for us to get through this. And that's okay. That's okay. We have no need to be alarmed. Don't get anxious. Don't get worried. Because nothing takes our God by surprise. Absolutely nothing. If he knows our thoughts are far off before we even think them, then he knew this was coming. It didn't take God by surprise. I am so glad that the status of our life or the dependence of the success of our lives does not hinge solely upon those that manage or those that rule on the earth. I am so glad, so glad. Sometimes you even we have to rejoice in the fact that we're not left to our own thinking left to our own plans that we make, you know, because sometimes we think we know pretty good about how we're going to handle a certain situation until it happens. Then when it happens, there are many factors that we may not have even thought about that we come into play with. So let's think about that. If you base everything that you, if you base your thinking solely upon that which is external or that which is around you, all of us can witness in one way, shape, or form, probably more than one point, that our expectations, we didn't see this coming, and we did not imagine the impact that it would have. Um, think about this. The last time that something like this occurred on this level was probably over 100 years ago. And as I said before, unless you're up in age, and if you are have been blessed to live that long, you're more concerned with making it in and living a quiet and peaceable life than you are trying to think back of how things were. Uh, so God has blessed us and we're, we're going to get through this, but we have to set our expectations. Now, why are you letting those two marinate? Typically, let me ask you this. Are are the expectations that you have based on those persons, places, or things that you have control of? Think about that. Or is it based on the things? Because we we try to 
depicted as faith um, or we, we say that it's grace when in essence, when we feel that we have things under control, we tend to kind of relax that faith muscle a little bit. Um, you know, it's almost like the scripture says, why does a man hope for that which he can see? If you can see it, if I promise to give you something and I'm standing right in front of you and all you got to do is reach out and take it, at that point, hope, you're not really hoping to get it. You just may be hoping that I'm going to keep my word and give it to you. But if it is based on the things that we tend to have control over, um, is that really an expectation? Is it really, uh, can it stand on its own merit? Because if it's those things that you're in control of, we know that circumstances can happen on any given day and we'll find ourselves in the midst of a situation that we had no idea was coming. Or for the most part, even on those really, really good days where you had things kind of set up, you pretty much had set your expectation on the day and you knew which way things were going to go. And then all of a sudden, out of the out of nowhere, you find yourself dealing with something that you didn't even factor in. You cannot allow, we cannot allow our faith or our expectations to be based upon the things that we can control. We can lose that control at any given moment because there's so many factors, so many things that we don't control or that we can't control. And they play into our everyday life on at any given moment. So, the secret is our expectation must be based, rooted, and grounded in faith, in the faith and in the confidence and in the ability of God to bring things to pass. That's the big secret. I don't care how long, how, how educated you are. I don't care how many connections you have. Now, it's not to minimize the favor that God has given you on your job, wherever your occupation is or in school, if you're a student, it does not matter. We don't want to solely base it on just that merit. And it doesn't minimize the favor that God has given you. But just remember, don't put all your confidence in the incidents or in the things that are going on. Always let God be the foundation of your confidence. Let your faith in him, in fact, let that faith in God give you the confidence to stand in the midst of circumstances. That's what we have to do. Let's, let's, let's go a little further. Do you set your expectation on external things that at first glance, we may even do so subconsciously, not even, not even realize? Let me give you an example. If you are awakened from a good night's sleep by the sound of birds chirping outside of your window, what is your automatic response? If you are awakened and you hear birds chirping outside of your window, what is your expectation for that day? Does it cause you to jump out of the bed or do you kind of just lay there for a little bit? Or do you jump out of bed in expectation of the day? Let's look at another example. If you are awakened by the sound of thunder and flashing of lightning outside of your window, that same window that you heard the birds chirping. But the next morning you are awakened, that same window, but you are awakened by the sound of thunder and lightning 
what is your expectation for that day? We tend not to think about those things, but because of how we react to certain things or respond, if you are solely a person that waits and tends to react versus responding, which means I am well aware of my circumstances, I'm well aware of everything that's going on with me, but let me process that. Let me let me take it in, take a moment, and it doesn't take as long as what we tend to think. Um, the trick of the enemy is to get us so wound up, you know, we, we push the button on the coffee maker, we get the coffee maker started, we turn the news on just by reflex, we turn the news on, we get those first few blurps of the news, but if you're not careful, if you miss some key points in starting your day, you might find it skewing over to the left or to the right after a while because you're, you already have allowed yourself to gauge the rest of your day based on the news. If you hear that there was rioting downtown, if you hear, you know, things have, you know, there was another uprising, if you hear that there was a tragic incident or accident, these tend, if you tend to listen to that subconsciously while you're getting dressed or while you're moving about, it has an impact on your day. And if you don't take the time to pause and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me put things in the proper perspective here. Let me, let me kind of look at things. Let me kind of pump the brakes a little bit. The best way to start your day, and, and I will witness this, I've started my day <laughs> You know, even on your best day, typically, you know, the alarm goes off. I get up and my first my first thing, it's not always easy, but it comes as a matter of discipline. And I still miss it some days. I still don't quite hit the mark, uh, but that keeps us going. My first response is, OK, I got to get up. I got to I got to get into prayer. That's my first response. But on some days just depends on, you know, it's a discipline. You have to train yourself to say, I am so dependent upon the favor of God and so dependent just upon his love that I need to seek his face to find out what do I need to do for the day? God, you know what's coming. There's nothing hidden from you. I'm, going, I'm about to face a day, especially if we got something scheduled that's supposed to go on. We tend to not forget to pray when things that are coming that day may be a bit more challenging. If we know we got to face, if we got a doctor's appointment and we, you know, have to go in for a full scope and we, you know, we have had a few pains here and there, we might not know. You don't forget to pray on those days or if you got to go to court or something's about to happen. We tend to, it's almost like a response, but we do it out of, out of sometimes out of desperation. But just think of how beautiful things would be if you could establish the discipline to say, no matter what I have to face this day, I cannot start my day without seeking God, without getting down on my face or my knees. However, you choose to pray. Please don't forget to start your day that way. I know for me, it makes my day a whole lot better when I can seek his face. And sometimes it's not trying to get down there. And many days when I wake up and it's my, my prayer time. I'm going to tell you, as simple as you keep it, the better. Sometimes we get down there and we try to, we have this laundry list. Lord, you know, I got to do da 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 We run all the way down the list. And sometimes it's just good to get in his presence and just listen. Just, 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 
Lord, I'm in your presence. I'm starting today. I just, I just, I need you to go with me. Be with me. Lead me. Don't ask him anything specific. Just sometimes listen to see if he's going to give you instruction for that day. We're still talking about expectation, but we're talking about how to set that expectation. Don't just let it be set by something external. Let your expectation be set by something internal. Let's look at what the word expectation means. Expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Reality had not lived up to expectations. That could be an example. Or it could be a belief, excuse me, that someone will or should achieve something. Just like the students that are going back to college, they have set expectations for their future. Some synonyms for expectation would be anticipate, await, hope for, watch for. These first few synonyms, they're ones that we, we tend to anticipate. We all, you know, when we're going into a given situation, we may anticipate a certain response. If something has already gone past the first phase of something, then we await, we wait for an answer. But the one that I want to focus on is what really drives us and supports us is hope. What do you believe is the difference between expectation and hope? What's the difference between expectation and hope? The difference between expectation and hope is based on the ability of the one that you're looking to, to deliver or to bring it to pass. Let's, let's think about one of our, our biblical characters here, David. David speaks to his own challenges within his own mind and within his own soul. And he, he ponders the question. He says, so why are you disquieted within me? Why are you disquieted? What's, what's going on? You know, why are you having a feeling of anxiety or uneasiness or worry? And then he answers his own question. It's almost like Mr. Brown, where he said, I say to myself, and myself said, hmm? I ask myself a question. Sometimes we have to do that. We keep it simple in how we deal with things. We may be surprised at how it'll help us get a better handle on things. So he answers it. He answers, he tells himself, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. That changes things a bit. When you try to build hope on something that you have no control over, or you get news that they're talking about furloughing your job, you don't have any plans because you thought that this job would be the one that would hold you out and take you through. And all of a sudden, because of what has happened, you find yourself faced with a circumstance that you did not anticipate. You might be looking for another job. You may have, in light of everything that's going on, you might be one of the ones that may have been let go from a job. But I want to tell you, there is still hope for you. There is still hope because God is our hope. He becomes that. And see, nothing takes him by surprise. Not one thing takes him by surprise. If he knows our thoughts are far off, and, and then by, by us building 
building ourselves up in the word and praying and and seeking the face of God and letting letting the Holy Spirit work within us, you know, where the scripture even says that we don't even always know what we should pray for. We don't know. But the spirit intercedes within us. It intercedes with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. And I know some people may say, well, that's a little that's a little more deeper than I wish to go. But I'm going to tell you, if all that we are experiencing now does not drive your relationship with God, if it does not cause you to pant and hunger after him, even if it starts a desperation, it might even start out a desperation. God, I don't know what to do. He says, come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I still say, even in the midst of this pandemic, there is rest for the people of God. And even if you're new to God, you know, um, you know, maybe you've come to him, come to know him in this season with everything that's going on. Maybe this pandemic served you better than you anticipated because it puts you in a situation where you realize I need something greater than myself. I need to know what to do when everything doesn't quite add up. If you find yourself here, that's a good thing. You have to look at, we don't always embrace, and we have been talking about wrestling with change. We don't readily embrace change because, you know, it implies what it is. It's change. We have gotten a pattern. We've gotten used to or accustomed to things doing and going a certain way. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, something changes that we don't have any control over, but we are thrust into the midst of it. But I want to encourage you. God is still faithful. He is true to his word. And the scripture declares, he says, I wish above all things that thou mayest that you're going to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. So health falls in light of this pandemic. It, it all plays together and he is able to make all things work together for our good. So if change was the usher that puts you in a different place that allows you now to look up and recognize God, thank God for the change. Thank God for the pandemic. I know you know, the songwriter says, my soul look back and wonder how I got over. And right now it looks like when we when it seems like we may be coming to the end of that tunnel, all of a sudden you hear something else on the news and then it just kind of that light at the end of the tunnel seems to get a little further away. But we have to be careful in rushing through things because that same tunnel, somebody said that, you know, someone that rushes through a tunnel might find that what's coming at you might be worse than what you're dealing with right now. But I want to encourage you that there is still hope. There is hope. This situation may seem hopeless in some regard, but God, just like if he can take care of the people of God when there was famine all around and they were in Goshen, if he can provide everything that they needed, then he is the same God the same God of scripture. He is the same God now in the 21st. He is the same God. And that's why we're not consumed. That's why we're not overwhelmed. He says, because I am God and I change not, you sons of Jacob. Now remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
So we're walking in the promises of God. So when we realize that, we have to know that he does not change. God doesn't give you his word and then come back to you and say, you know, I know that I promised to do something for you at thus and time, but I didn't anticipate or I didn't foresee that this was going to take place. So now I'm not able to deliver. I know anyone and everyone under the sound of my voice, you have either been disappointed by somebody or you have disappointed somebody. You either on one or both sides. And if you've lived long enough, we've been on. But now you may not have intentionally disappointed somebody. And maybe the person that disappointed you, person or persons that disappointed you, they probably didn't do it on purpose either. It's just human nature. There are just so many things that we do not have control over. But God has control over everything. The scripture says that everything was created by him and for him. By him and for him. So he is well aware of everything that's going on. It doesn't take him by surprise. So I encourage you. Sometimes you have to take time to encourage yourself. David found himself in such a place. And the scripture says he encouraged himself, not based on his circumstances, not based on his ability. The scripture says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You have to know that my our expectations should come from God. The scripture says, my soul wait thou only on him. It waits only on God because of him is my expectation. God can even give you what to expect. He can tell you what to expect. It might even blow your mind. You wake up in the morning and seek the face of God. And we tend to kind of say it's a feeling. You know, I just got a good feeling about it. I just I just believe that something good is going to happen. And that's a good thing. But just make sure that you're looking at his face and not just his hand. It's easy to trust God when things are going the way we anticipated. They are lining up. You know, I went back to school. I did all my work and I got that extra piece of paper. And then all of a sudden, boom, this hit. So they put a freeze on everything. So the raise that you anticipated on getting, you didn't get. Now what? You know, I put in that I did all this extra work and this, that, and the third. And now the work that I would have been doing at the office, now I got to work from home. I, I'm not going in the office. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. Don't, don't be so quick. And we talked about this before. Don't be so quick to run back to a norm that may not exist when we get there. This thing has changed our lives. It's changed our lives for the rest of our lives. In some way, shape, or form, all of this that we have experienced has changed us. But God is faithful. And that's the thing that we have to realize. God is faithful. And he, he doesn't have to apologize. He's not the son of man that he should repent. God does not have to say, I really can't deliver on that. He has us. He holds us in the palm of his hand. You know, so when you feel yourself just like the scripture says, when you feel yourself kind of dwindling, think about it. Think about it. Now, the scripture talks about how when we think about what Jesus suffered, 
his suffering was not because of something that he did. Many a times our own suffering might not be based solely upon the things that we have done. I submit to you that some of the things that you are going through, have been through, even prior to this pandemic, is for the benefit of somebody else. It's just a matter of time. Now, Jesus went through great suffering. He, he endured the cross, despising the shame. But the scripture also says, who for the joy that was set before him? What do you, what do you focus on? What do you think about? You know, we're trying to get through the day, especially if it's been a challenging day. Now, mind you, we do need relief from challenge. You don't want to constantly stay in a, in a mode of where you're challenged constantly. At some point, you have to have a break. You have to have a break in the action where you can regroup and rethink things and get yourself situated again. You know, and God, God is well aware of that. He is well aware of what we need. Like I said, this does not take him by surprise. He knew that even on this 12th day of the month of August, that we will be right where we are. He knew it. He knew everything that we would face, but he's also, his word provides for us. His word provides, it's our map, it's our blueprint. That if we look into the word, the scripture says, search the word, because in that you think that you have eternal life. We have to really search the scriptures. If you're not one, and I encourage you, uh, if you're coming new to Christ and you, it's a new experience for you, the, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to develop a hunger and an appetite for God. Which means sometimes if you put away some of the things that have become a norm for you, change up some things. The scripture says, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So God is here for us, but we cannot casually approach this anymore. Think about this. What's happening now is the same thing that was happening before the pandemic happened. People were flooding churches. They were going on doing doing what? Everything they wanted to do during the week and whatever their day of worship was, they shake themselves, get themselves together, and then they go into the sanctuary or wherever their place of worship is. And then they're there two, three hours, depending on, and then they leave. And at the door, they pick up everything and just keep, keep on going. And that, that word that that pastor, that preacher, that teacher was telling you, you know, cultivate that relationship. Spend some time with God. You're like, I, I get it. I get it. I get it next week. I, I ain't quite ready for that. People are still doing the same thing. Sometimes even, even now that you're home more, many of us are home more, intentionally turn the television off, especially now because you can binge watch. Be really careful. You have to make choices. Watch one or two episodes and then... Turn it off and then spend some time in the word. It doesn't matter how long you have been saved or how long you've come to know the Lord. You're going to face some challenges in some of the fundamentals. We have to, scripture says, keep your eyes on Jesus, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So when you feel discouraged, think about the price that has been paid for your salvation. Think about the price that is paid for your healing. Think about the price that has been paid to, for you to be free and delivered from any and every 
situation, whether it's addiction, whether it's you, something happened to you during your childhood, any of that. God is well aware of that. And he's, he's well tuned into what's going on now. So we have to set an expectation for God. Like I said earlier, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. And, and don't be discouraged. Don't think, well, I don't know a whole lot of scripture. I'm just starting out. I'm just beginning. That's fine. That's fine. But be consistent. Be consistent. Because when we are consistent, that establishes discipline. Discipline has its reward. This could be your incubation period. This could be as if a woman is carrying a child. This could be that period of growth and development. You may be a little out of whack. You may, and I don't, and I definitely, I've seen enough women pregnant to know that if you listen to them, they'll tell you the ins and outs. But this might be that period of time for you where something is coming to birth inside of you. And I've watched women in my family that were expecting children and they have their days, some days. And the closer they get to that delivery, sometimes the more challenging those days become. But I also notice that the joy that is experienced when that child is born, you may be carrying something now and you're just waiting on your delivery date. Take care of yourself. Do the right thing. Eat the right thing. Take in the word. Exercise. Exercise your spiritual senses. Not so much the natural as much. That's easy. We do that anyway. But take time to build up yourself. But take time to build up yourself. Saints, be encouraged. My friends, be encouraged. And if you don't know the Lord, it's an opportunity for you to get to know him in the quietness of your house without anyone being around you, sitting there holding your phone or sitting there with your laptop or your tablet. It's an opportunity to come to know him as Lord and Savior. And all you have to do is open up your heart. It's an act of faith. You, you don't have to have done everything right. You don't have to have done all the things to change yourself before you come to him. Scripture says, come to him as you are. Come to him as you are. So even in this moment, as I'm closing, if you don't know the Lord in the pardoning of your sins, if you don't, if you have not given him the opportunity, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open to me, I will come in and I will sup with him. That means he will have fellowship with you. And all you have to do, the beginning, this is the very beginning, is just to say, Father, I repent of my sins. I recognize and acknowledge the finished work of Calvary that you died on a rugged cross, bore my sins, and you were buried. You died, you were buried, and then you rose again to bring me into relationship, to restore me into relationship with you. And I accept the finished work of Calvary. Once you do this, these are the building blocks. This is the fundamental. It's an acceptance of him by faith. And then after that, you have to be, you want to be around people that are going to encourage that relationship. That's going to build you up, help to build you up and support you. But it starts with faith. It's an act of faith. And then once you accept him as Lord and Savior, then those days to come 
he will introduce himself to you. It's just that simple. Great expectations.